Many people don't know what God wants them to do with their life. You may have some natural abilities that pull you in a certain direction, but there's something special that God gives believers. Today, we'll be learning about spiritual gifts and how to discover and cultivate yours as we continue our sermon series on stewardship. Join us as we turn in our Bibles to James chapter 1. So I'm beginning uh, this morning discovering and cultivating your spiritual gifts. Uh, as Pastor said, that we are starting um, the stewardship. And so um, a lot of people uh, say, I don't know what my spiritual gift is. I, and what's the difference between spiritual gifts, talents, and abilities? I, I don't understand all this. Well, I hope by the end of this morning that you would have an understanding or slightly understanding of the spiritual gifts. Because the spiritual gifts, I'm not going to do it all justice this morning. But I do hope that I give you something that you can walk away with. I want to start this morning with James chapter 1 and verse 17 through 18. James chapter 1 and verses 17 through 18. And I want to start with this because this really lays the foundation. And I'm, I'm reading from the message. Um, a lot of people comes against the message. But listen, my view is this. Whatever gives you an understanding or clarity of the word of God, use it. It benefits you. So what good is having a Bible that you like, I can't understand the language. It's like Hebrew and Greek to me. Get a, tra- get a translation, get a version uh, that you can understand, and it brings the word of, light, the word of God uh, relative to you. James 1, 17 and 18 says this, Every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. The gifts are rivers of life cascading down from the Father of light. There is nothing deceitful in God. That's very strong. There's nothing deceitful. God does not play cat and mouse with us. God doesn't dangle something in front of you. And then when you go to reach for it, he pulls it away. That's not the God we serve. That's the God that the world serves. That's the worldly system. God is a God that gives good gifts to his children. So it says there's nothing two-faced. There's nothing fickle with God. He brought us to life using the true word, showing us off as the crown of all his creation, of all his creatures. You are a priceless commodity to God. There's never going to be another one like you. He'll never create one that looks like you. You're it. Prized possession to God. So I want to lay this down. I want us to understand this. So I want us, I want to talk, what is the difference between natural talents and spiritual gifts? I'm just going to t- talk on this for a moment. Natural talents, everybody that is born is given a natural talent. For example, um, in my family, uh, my dad, my, uh, I, a natural talent that he, he likes to work on cars. He's talented with that. Um, he's, he's, has the ability to do that? I do not. <laughs> so I go to my dad for that. My mom, my mom is a perfectionist. Um, that's good. I'm not saying it's a negative. Because I get that from her. And so it's, it's a gift. There's some people that's really good at sports. And they can thrive in sports. These are, these are natural talents. They can be inherited. Um, natural talents are given to anyone. Saved, the unsaved. Spiritual gifts are God-given. That's the difference. Spiritual gifts are God-given. Natural talents everyone has. Okay? 
Spiritual gifts are God-given. Natural talents are given to all people. And spiritual gifts are given to believers. Given to believers of God. Now, as you come into the body of Christ, and as God um, gives you a spiritual gift, he can also... Um, combine your spiritual gift with your natural talent. For example, if you're a manager, if you have a, a gifting or you have a talent as a manager, he can gift you into be a leadership or administration within the body of Christ. That's a spiritual gift. Um, a singer, uh, that's a natural talent, but he can give you the spiritual gift to creative communication to where you can have a spiritual gift and anointing as you sing you are just leading people into the worship of God. It's like our worship team. That's, that's a spiritual gift, to lead people into the worship, into the presence of God. All right. That's it on that. Okay? Just a little bit. Hope you get an understanding. Natural talents. Everybody has spiritual gift. Believers. God believers have. All right? Let's look to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul's writing to the church of Corinth, and he says the first thing here in verse 1, he says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. So right off, he's starting off in this verse, in this chapter, he says, I'm going to be talking about spiritual gifts because I don't want you to be ignorant that God has given you, the body of Christ, spiritual gifts. I'm skipping down to verse 4. It says this. There are diversities of gifts. So there's different kinds of gifts. But the same spirit. So the same spirit that gives the gifts. There's many different gifts. One spirit. All right. There are differences of ministry. But the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities. But it is the same God who works All in all. Do we see the Spirit? Do we see the Lord? And do we see the God in those verses? All right. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one of us, each one for the profit of all. That's the purpose of the spiritual gifts, is for the profit of all. Verse 8. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. All right, as he, the Lord wills. Verse 12, for as the body is one, it has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. Okay, now there's a lot of information in here. This, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, is known um, mostly, well, it is known for the nine spiritual gifts that are listed here, okay? And uh, they were uh, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, 
uh, uh, faith, gifts of healing, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, different kinds of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. Those are the well-known. When you hear people talk about spiritual gifts, this is a lot, lot where they come um, to define is 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm not going to spend a long time on, the, on these for the length of time, but I do encourage you to read through this um, on your own time. We know a lot of things that have been mentioned, uh, the different kinds of tongues. Uh, this, a lot of people get this confused with Acts chapter 2 and then 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There is, when you receive um, the overflowing, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the Lord will give you a prayer language. That is different than this listed here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. When it talks about divers or different kinds of tongues, a lot of times you've heard it in the church that there will be tongues that comes forth and then right after there will be an interpretation. There will be interpretation given in English or to, so that everyone can profit and benefit from what the Lord is saying. Okay? I think the other ones are self-explanatory. The stirring of spirits is that God will give you the gift that you can discern between a spirit that could be trying to manipulate you or manipulate somebody else, um, an evil spirit different from um, the spirit of God. It's a discerning of spirits. You're able to have that spiritual knowledge to know that this spirit is not of God or this spirit is of God. So that's discerning of spirit. All right, I'm continuing. So let's look at Ephesians chapter 4. So we have 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you're taking notes, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is known for spiritual gifts. So that is definitely one to, to study, to look at, is it lists the nine uh, spiritual gifts that, are, that is most common, is the nine spiritual gifts. Ephesians chapter 4, where we're going to now, is also listing spiritual gifts. But this is mo- may, uh, mainly known what is called the five-fold ministry. You might hear that a lot if you're reading, if you're studying Ephesians chapter 4. They will say that this is most commonly known as the fivefold ministry. So let's look at this. Ephesians chapter 4. And let's start in, in verse 4. So we're seeing here, Ephesians 4, 4 says, There is one body and one spirit. We're seeing this again. All right? So we're seeing again, there's just one body, one body of Christ, and there's this one same spirit that works in the body. Just as you was called to one hope at your calling. He says there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. And that baptism is the baptism into the body of Christ. We know there's one Lord, that's Jesus Christ. There's one faith, that's faith in Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ is the only way that we can make it to the Father. And there's one baptism, and that baptism is into the body of Jesus Christ. There's one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in all. Verse 7. Now grace was given to each one of you, each one of us, according to the measure of the Messiah's gift. For it says, when he ascended on high, he took prisoners into captivity. And then here it is. He gave gifts to people. But what does he ascended mean? Except that he descended to the lower parts of the earth. The one who descended is also the one who ascended far above all heavens that he might uh, fill all things. I want us to get here 
in verse 8, it says that he gave gifts to people. So it's going to list these gifts. It's going to list the five-fold ministry here and the gifts that is given. These gifts are also given to you. These areas and operations of ministry was given by the Lord Jesus Christ for the benefiting and the, and the edifying of you. And here it says in verse 11, And he personally gave some to be apostles. Apostles are mainly known um, to go and they, they go and, and preach the gospel, but they also establish churches. Um, some modernly uh, today can say that these um, could be a form of uh, missionaries that goes into the foreign lands and preaches the gospel and helps set up uh, the body of Christ. Some prophets, it says, yes, there still is prophets in the body of Christ today, although many are saying that there isn't. The Bible is still the same yesterday, today, and forever, the word of God. God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't see anywhere where he said that we can pick and choose what gifts he gives us. These are the gifts for you. Uh, some evangelists. Evangelist has a, a gifting to be able to go and preach the gospel to people. And it also has a way that you can bring Jesus Christ into a person's situation. It's where you're always bringing Christ into someone's life or you're leading them to Christ. You're always pointing to Christ. Okay. Some pastors and teachers. So what is all these? What's the purpose of all these? Here it is. Verse 12. For the training of the saints and the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son. Do we get that? The purpose of these fivefold ministry is to equip all of us. Do I need growth and do I need education in the body of Christ? Yes. Have I reached perfection yet? No, I haven't. So I need all these in my life to teach me, to edify me, to mentor me, to come alongside me, to guide me. This is the gifting that God has given to each and every one of us. Gifts from God to us. Um, it says, uh, 13, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's son, growing into a mature man with a statue measured by Christ's fullness. Then we will be no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of doctrine or wind of teaching. That's the purpose. That is why you need a pastor in your life. Because he hears from God. Does that mean you can't hear from God? No. This is how God, God is a God of order. And this is how God has designed it. That God gives word uh, to, his, to his people and to his preachers, to his pastors to bring forth the word to you to edify, to strengthen you, to where we won't be deceived when a false doctrine comes in, something contrary to the word of God, something that tells you it doesn't matter what God you serve, all paths lead to heaven. You can worship any God. Jesus Christ isn't the only way to heaven. You can go any path you want. That is a false doctrine. That is a false teaching, and that's contrary to the word of God. Out of all the religions in the world, Jesus Christ is the only one that says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. So I, this is what I love about Christ. So of all the religions in the world, out of everything that you have, you have to come to a conclusion, what are you going to do with Jesus Christ? Each and every one of you has to have that decision at some point in your life. What are you going to do with this man that claimed to be the Son of God? Well, 
Is he a liar? Is he a lunatic? I mean, was he completely out of his mind? Like, he must have been really whacked out to think and to say that he's the son of God. Or is he truly the Lord, the Messiah, the son of God? That's your choice and my choice that we have to make. And the whole world has to make it too. That's what I love about him. You have to make a decision. What are you going to do with Jesus Christ? So, all that is saying um, that, we, that we need the fivefold ministry. We need these spiritual gifts for, so that we will not be deceived by worldly systems, by false teaching that can come into our lives. All right? Let me continue on. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Ephesians chapter 4. Now, let's look at Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And I'm going to start with verse 4. We're going to see the same theme. We're going to see it right off the bat right here in verse 4. Romans 12, 4 says, Now as we have many parts, here we go, many parts in one body. And all the parts do not have the same function. And the same way we who are many are one body in Christ and individual members of one another. According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. He says, if prophecy, use it according to the standard of one faith. If you have a spiritual gift, Paul's saying here, use it to the ability that you have. Use it to, to edify. Use it to build up the body of Christ. Use it to ed, um, encourage your brothers or sisters. Speak it forth with the boldness and anointing that God has given you for his body. That's what he's saying. Speak it out. Use it for the function. He says in verse 6, according um, to the grace given to us, we have different gifts of prophecy. Use it according to the standard of one's faith. 7. If service, use your gift for service. If teaching, use your gift in teaching. If exhorting, which is um, edifying or encouraging, use it in exhortation. If you have a gift of giving, use it with generosity. Leading with diligence, showing mercy with cheerfulness. Now you might say, what does all this mean? Here it is. So many people in the body of Christ get plugged in to areas of ministry that you are not gifted in. And what does that do? What's the harm in that? If you are not gifted in the area of ministry and you have not given, been given that spiritual gift, you're doing it out of duty. Well, it needs done. Well, I might as well just go in there and do it. You will become burned out. Your ministry, your area of ministry that you think is a blessing can turn into a curse. It can drain you of all your ability, of all your strength. It can even where you become discouraged. And if you really let it get to you, you can even get fed up and I'm done with everything. I'm done with people. They get on my nerves. They irritate me. They frustrate me. I'm out of here. And you're out the door. That's why it's important to know your spiritual gift that God has given. I'm going to give you a little thing here in just a moment on areas of how you can do that. And that you get plugged in to the area of ministry that God has gifted you for. Here's the thing. When you are plugged in to the area of ministry God has gifted you, you will have a fulfillment. Everybody's like, what is my purpose in life? You will feel fulfilled in your area. 
I, I just love what I do. I really do. I love preaching. I love teaching. I love edifying people, encouraging people. I, I love it because I know that that's what God's gifted me to do. So when you get plugged in there, that's the purpose of knowing where God has put you. All right. Um, so this is what Romans is telling you. Whatever area that you're gifted in, use that area and look for areas of ministry that you can succeed and the best can be brought out. God can bring out the best in you in that area of ministry because it's just going to come to you and flow like nothing. It's not going to be an effort because you're gifted. God's giving you a spiritual gifting and anointing for that area of ministry. All right? Okay. So, what is the purpose of the gifts? I've already talked briefly on that. The purpose is to enable all believers to do the work of Christ and to carry on the work that he began both to do and to teach. Jesus Christ, he came, he was the example for the body. He is the head of the church and he has given us an example of the spiritual gifts. Christ had all the spiritual gifts and he showed and he utilized those spiritual gifts and he showed us how to use those, how to give. Um, how to have faith, how to have great faith, working of miracles, um, healings. God has, Jesus showed us all this. And we have the scripture we see in Mark 16, 15 through 20. It says, and they, which is the earlier believers, went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. That's how we know that we are in line and in unified into our head, which is Jesus Christ, is because he confirms what we do with signs following. There is, a, there is a, like what I would call a stamp of approval. He's like, that's it. That's it. You're doing what, I've, what um, I've called you to do and what I've gifted you to do. You're reaching people for me. You're edifying each other. You're strengthening each other. You're encouraging each other. And the signs follow. People's healed. People's set free. People's delivered. People's brought to Christ. People's utilized within the body to meet the needs of each other and also to reach the lost for Christ. That's the signs and that's the confirming that God puts on the church. That's how you know, even in your own life, that I'm being utilized with my spiritual gift in the area that he has gifted me. How? Because there should be a confirmation from the Lord in your life. Okay. We also see Hebrews 2 in the verses 3 through 4. He says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? God also bearing them witness, both with signs following and miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost. That's just another scripture to show that God confirmed his work through us. Okay? Who may have... The gifts of the Spirit. I've already said that. Every believer. Every one of you. Everyone that has come to to the Lord Jesus Christ. he, He wants. Listen to me. He wants you to have a spiritual gift. And I believe you might already have one. And you might not know. And that's fine. And that's why we're here. It's because we're here to help you. We're here to help you discover and to identify it. And we're here to help you cultivate it. And we're here to help you grow in that spiritual gift. All right. Um, so every believer, the Bible says, Jesus even said um, that he even talks about when you, be, when you pray, 
believe that you've already received. Believe that you've already received. So here it is. Here's your application. How to discover your gifts. I came up with, well, the Lord gave me an acronym to help you remember, and it's simply PRAY, P-R-A-Y, and I'm going to break this down. So here it is. Of course, the P is prayer. It's prayer. It's to pray. James 1.5 says, if any of you lack wisdom, so if you don't know what your gift is, if you don't know, God, I don't know what area of ministry you want me in. I don't, I don't know, God, even my spiritual gift. He says, if you lack wisdom in any area, pray. Let him ask of God, it says, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Listen, God wants you to know what your spiritual gift is. Why? Because he, you are part of the body, and he wants you to be utilized in the body to help build up and to do what he's called you to do. Of course, if you ask him in prayer, he will, he will answer, and he will begin to develop, and it will become, begin to be relevant in your life and revealed what your gift is. Um, second is to read R is read. Read the word of God. Read. So here it is. So here's some scriptures on spiritual gifts. Some of them I've already mentioned. Let me repeat them. Romans chapter 12. Read through Romans chapter 12. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 through 14. Why do I say that? Isn't 13 the chapter of love? Absolutely. And it's placed right in the middle of the spiritual gifts. Because if you don't have love, there's no sense using your gift. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 13 is about love, and 1 Corinthians 14 talks about tongues. I love 1 Corinthians 14. So if you're a little confused on what tongues is and everything, read through 12 through 14 of 1 Corinthians and ask the Lord to give you wisdom. Also, there's another portion here. It's actually Old Testament, and it's actually Exodus chapter 35, and it's verses 30 through 35. This is where God anointed and gave the spiritual gift of craftsmanship to those that were constructing the tabernacle. Very interesting to read that. Exodus 35 and verses 30 through 35. You will see how God gifted them and anointed them to give them craftsmanship on how to build the tabernacle. And let me tell you, a lot of that stuff was very detailed. God is very detailed when he asks something He's a God of order, and he's a God of very detail of the measurements and the colors of, of the curtains and things in the tabernacle. Very good. Psalms 119, 105, for, for reading the word, it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That's the purpose of the word. The word will guide you. The, God, the word will show you and will lead you. You will begin to see throughout the word of God how God gifted other people with spiritual gifts, how they use them, how they begin to grow and to cultivate in the gifts. And you can, they can be your example to be like, God, if you've done that for them, I want you to do that for me. It's all right to pray that way. God wants us to have what he, what he wants to give to us. He wants us to have everything. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise. Uh, let's go on to number three of the prayer is A. A is ask. Ask others that know you and have godly wisdom 
and insight. I love what Pastor Joel says. I've, I've adapted the phrase. He says, when you're going looking for help or you're looking for strength or you're looking for encouragement, he says, always reach up. Don't reach out. And for a while, I was like, okay, I don't quite maybe understand that because, you know, you always want to reach out for help. But here's the thing. When we are coming into the things of God, we always want to reach higher, further, and greater. So you always want to reach up. If you reach out, I, it, if you have Facebook, you see people all the time reaching out on Facebook. And let me tell you, you can be so confused by everybody's responses that they give you. You're like, I don't know if I'm coming or going or if I should leave or go backwards. I don't even know what I'm doing. But this is why I say to seek godly counsel. Get to, to someone in your life that knows you, that is going to impart godly wisdom in your life. And you can ask them, hey, what do you see in me? What do you see any giftings or, or abilities that I have? And they can begin to say, well, you know what? You seem like you, you, know, you care about people. Or, and you're always given of yourself. You're always given of time. And, and if you had any extra money, you give it to someone. That's a spiritual gift, spiritual gift of giving. You can have compassion for, for those that are less fortunate and that needs the love and caring. That's spiritual gift. So ask. Um, Ephesians 3.16, Paul says, I'm asking God to give you a gift from the wealth of his glory. Even Paul was praying for the churches that God would give them everything that they needed. Next, why is yield. Yield to the Holy Spirit. I mean, what better? I mean, the Holy Spirit that's in you, that gives, a spirit, that gives spiritual gifts. Romans 8, 26 says, At the same time, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. Because we don't know how to pray for what we need. But the Spirit intercedes along with our groans that cannot be expressed into words. Let me tell you, I know a lot of people use this to back, you know, tongues and speaking in tongues. And okay, that's great. But also the Holy Spirit's more than that. The Holy Spirit guides and leads you. And if you're seeking to, to have the spiritual gift and you want to be utilized and used in the body of Christ, he will guide you into that. He will begin to reveal that to you. So yield to the Holy Spirit. Jude 1, 20 says, Dear friends, use your most holy faith to grow. Pray with the Holy Spirit's help. So even as you're praying and you're asking God to reveal to you your spiritual gift. The Holy Spirit's there to help you and to guide you into that area. All right? So, how to cultivate your gift and practice, taking action. 2 Timothy 1.6 says, this is why I remind you, Paul's writing to Timothy, and this is what he says to Timothy. He says, Timothy, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. This scripture, it talks about, it calls us into action. So once you have identified your spiritual gift, you've prayed, you've asked God, you've reached out to others, and you yielded to the Holy Spirit, now you know what your spiritual gift is. Now we are, have a call to action. And this is what Paul's telling Timothy. Stir up the gift in you. We have to stir it up. We have to pray. We have to keep it going. Because you've heard the old saying, if you don't use it, you lose it. Will you lose the gifts that God's given you? No. But they can lay dormant. And they can lay dormant, and they're not being used. And let's listen, this is what I firmly believe. God has called each and every one of us to reach people that others cannot reach. 
because he's giving you the spiritual gift. If it's edifying, listen, there's people that I come in contact with. You're not encouraging me any. <laughs> you don't definitely don't have the gift of encouragement. You're actually bringing me down. So there's people that God has assigned you to that only you can reach. I believe it. Firmly believe that. God has placed you in your workplace. God has placed you in the family that you're in, the, the atmosphere, the environment you're in, the town you're in, the location for to reach those people for him. So stir up the gift that God has given you. Activate it. Get plugged in into ministry. I have a phrase that I use, and, and this, is, this always keeps me humble. And it's to remember ministry is never about you. Ministry is never about you. It's always about God and his people. With the spiritual gifts he gives, they're to serve, encourage, exhort, and build up others. That's why God gives you spiritual gifts. It's not for you to be benefited. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, when God gives you the Holy Spirit, that is to edify and encourage you. The other spiritual gifts is to build up the body of Christ. Okay, continuing. Trust God in developing your gift and allow him to utilize that gift in and through you. So now that you're being plugged into the area of ministry, you've already discovered it, you already know what it is now, and now you're being plugged into that area of ministry, allow God to work in and through you in that area of ministry. Another thing, a lot of ministers, a lot of pastors get discouraged and burn out because a lot of times when you're given a spiritual gift, you can try to do it yourself. And you try to, to make it happen and you try to work it up. And again, you're going to get burned out. You're going to get discouraged. You're going to get fatigued. You're going to get tired of ministry and you're out. Where do we get our strength from? From him. It's where we need to go. So I'm talking about getting plugged in. Get plugged in daily. Pray. Read the word of God. Seek him and get the strength that you need for the area of ministry God's placed in your life. First Peter 4, 10, 11 says, God has given gifts to each one of you from his great variety of spiritual gifts. I love that. Manage them well so that God's generosity can th- flow through you. And then he goes on, Peter goes on to say, are you called to be a speaker? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Are you called to help others? Do it with all strength and energy that God supplies. Then God will be given glory and everything through Jesus Christ. All glory and power belongs to him forever and ever. Whatever gifting you have, do it with everything that God's given. Do it with all the strength. Do it with all the love, compassion that he's given you. Last thing. Keep a proper perspective of your gift. So once you've identified it, discovered it, cultivated it, you're plugged into the air of ministry, and God is utilizing you, and you're letting his spirit flow through you, always keep a proper perspective of your spiritual gift. And here's what I'm saying. Remember who gave that gift to you. And remember the purpose that it was given. God gave you the gift. It's a spiritual gift from God himself, and it's to the benefit of others. And let me end with this. 1 Corinthians 12, 18 through 27. And this is in the message because I think it says it perfectly. I think we might have it up on the screen. All right. 
As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. But I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. Are you seeing this here? It's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about me. And, and I, I'm, I'm the one that's, that's the superior here. Pastor, let's put him up on the pedestal. No, remember your place. That's what he's saying. For no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are a part of. What are you a part of? The body of Christ. There's no me in body. All right? An enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body, but it would be a monster. What we have is one body with many parts. Each its proper size and in its proper place. No part is important on its own. Let me just say this. You're, you mean even pastor? Yep. What good would it be to be a pastor if you have no sheep? He can stand here and he can preach to the air. I mean, that, that's great. We, we, look at, we look at the worship team. Could the worship team function without Kevin being the drummer? It could. Would it be as good? Probably not. <laughs> but, the, but all together, using the spiritual gifts that God has given, makes up the worship team. And it's an awesome worship team. Thank you, Jesus, for gifting us. Yes. It says, can you imagine eye telling hand, get lost, I don't need you, or head telling foot, you're fired, your job has been phased out? As a matter of fact, in practice, it works the other way. The lower the part, the more basic and therefore necessary. See, you can live without an eye, for instance, but not without a stomach. When it's a part of your own body you are concerned with, it makes no difference whether the part is visible or clothed, higher or lower. You give it dignity and honor just as it is without comparison. If anything, you have more concern for the lower parts than the higher. If you had to choose, wouldn't you prefer good digestion to fully body hair? The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on each other, every other part, the parts we mention and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into exuberance. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. Let me just tell you, I'm going to stop here. I don't care what the world has labeled you. I don't care what your family has, has put, uh, has identified you with. You are the body of Christ. Don't let your mind forget the God that you serve and don't forget what you are a part of. You are a part of the best thing on this earth. And that is the body of Christ. There's nothing better than the body of Christ. That's who you are. You are a child of the Most High God. You are a child of the King. You have an inheritance. We have someplace better. This world is not our home. Thank you, Jesus. But we have a citizenship in heaven alone. We have a place that we're going that is a lot better than this.
Thank you, God. And he says, if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come and receive you unto my own. Don't forget who you are. You must never forget this, he says. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. If I can keep it real here at the end, the body of Christ is a soul-saving station. It's a place that we come to where we can find rest, the body the word says. A place of acceptance. My favorite scripture is Ephesians 1, 6. It says, to the praise and the glory of his grace, by which he has made us accepted. Accepted in the beloved. Many of us has come from abusive homes. We've come from abusive relationships. We've been labeled by society. We've been cast out. We've been even kicked to the side and thought to be dead and even forget, forgotten about and abandoned. That's what the world does to you. And that's where the world wants to leave you. And that's where the enemy of your soul wants to leave you as well. He will drag you to the desert and leave you there to die. The body of Christ should never experience any of these things. We should never experience abandonment. You should never feel like you're left alone or unloved. But the body of Christ, we need to to exuberant and we need to illuminate love, peace, safety, edification, exhortion, and love, peace, and hope. That's the body that I want to belong to. And I think that's the body we all want to belong to. Does God play cat and mouse with his gifts? I said this at the beginning. No, he doesn't. Does God take back the gifts he's given you? I can say this. God can do whatever he wants. But his word says this in Romans 11, chapter 29. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Does that mean that we can walk away? Absolutely. Does that mean that your gift can lay dormant? Absolutely. But here's the beauty of God. When you repent and you come back into him, he will give you the the anointing and that spiritual gift that he's given you is still in you. And if you let him lead you and let the Holy Spirit guide you, he will begin to raise you up again. And you begin to stir up that gift that he's given you. You can be plugged back into the body of Christ, the same spiritual gift, and you can pick up where you left off. I thank God that we serve a God not of one chance, not of second chances, but many chances. That is our hope. Our blessed hope is in Jesus Christ. I hope this helped you this morning. I know it was a lot of stuff, but I hope that you have a little better, better understanding. Remember, the prayer. Pray. Read his word. Ask and yield to the Holy Spirit. You've been listening to Kevin Moore at New Life Fellowship in Shadyside, Ohio. This message is titled, Discover and Cultivate Your Spiritual Gifts, part four of our stewardship series. To learn more about New Life Fellowship and our service times, visit our website at www.timefornewlife.com. Join us next week as Pastor Joel talks about doing life together.